It's Yasmin Sheikha back for another episode of the She Speaks Diversity podcast. And our guest today is Noor. Hello, Hi. Noor. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. So Noor is from the This Muslim Girl podcast. And today she's coming on to tell us a little bit about her. And then we're going to be answering the questions that you guys sent in. So yep. let's start it. So excited. So, Noor, tell us a little bit about you and your podcast series. Ooh, about me. Okay, I wasn't prepared for this, but <laughs> no. Um, so my name is Noor. Um, I live in California. I started this Muslim Girl podcast about two years ago. Probably, I mean, I published about two years ago. The idea has been brewing in my head for about two and a half years. Um, I think very similar to you, Yasmin. It was kind of like to spotlight different female stories, Muslim women's stories, mm-hmm. and um, just provide a platform for anyone that had something that they wanted to share and just have a space where we can talk about a lot of things that affect us as Muslim women and connect people that I think otherwise maybe would have never met or been connected kind of like you and I um yeah I went to university I have my bachelor's in political science and art I have my master's in public administration I like to draw a lot (laughs) and um, I work in agriculture so I have a full-time job and the podcasting is kind of like a part-time thing but as you would know it takes up a lot of time (laughs) so yeah props to you for having such a great platform and blog and taking the initiative to spotlight Muslim women like it's very admirable well Honey, that's you too. (laughs) No, um, I mean, it's a struggle. Um, I do it on the side with school. So, you know, it kind of intertwines a little. So it's it's hard. I don't think people realize how hard it could be sometimes. Very. And I think with being in school, I would imagine it's more harder because like at least like I come home and, you know, I have like side projects, but like I don't have homework or papers and stuff to write and like deadlines like you do. So, yeah, I mean, props to you. I love what I do. I love doing this. That's why I do it. And I love bringing inspiring women such as yourself on here as well. So I appreciate your time. Seriously. So we asked you guys a couple of questions and you guys responded. So we asked questions. Would you like to get into the polls or the questions first? Ooh, okay. So you did polls and I didn't. Um, So I think mm, let's do the polls. Okay, cool. So, the first question was, have you ever felt as though your friends don't support your dreams? And 58% of these people said yes, and 42% said no. That's a pretty close vote. Yeah. I mean, Um, it makes me sad that 58% or, like, majority, I guess, um, said yes. But I think that's kind of natural because I think everyone must have experienced... And I want to put quote unquote friend because that's not a real friend, you know, Um, but you might have had someone that you thought was a friend or that was close to you and they didn't support what you did. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, like it sucks, like when you're working really hard or trying to do something that you love and, you know, maybe the people around you aren't recognizing it or they aren't trying to be as supportive as you'd hope they are. So, yeah, 
I mean, it's sad, but it's sad that it happens. And maybe those types of people shouldn't be in your life anyway. Mm -hmm. Preach. (laughs) Also, I think just to kind of add on to that, you know, we don't need validation from anyone to feel or see our self-worth or the things that we're capable of doing. But to anyone out there that doesn't support a friend who's doing something, anything, know that like words of encouragement and support are so important, especially when someone is starting something like, you know, very early in the early on stages, there's a lot of like instability and there's a lot of insecurity about what you're doing. And those little words and those little encouragements and support do mean a lot to that person. So that would be my, my only little thing that I wanted to add on. Yeah, I agree with you because it's like, it's already like such an emo, like it already takes such an emotional toll on a person to try and build something for themselves. And if you can't be a supportive friend or at least try to be a supportive friend, it can really take a toll on that person. Yeah. And this is actually something that ties into something that someone sent me a question on, but I'll get to it once we get to the questions, unless you want me to add it in here. But um, when I re when I reposted your story on my timeline, I, I did get a response from someone who asked a question about it. Yeah. And, you, you want to say what it is. You can. Oh. Yeah. It, so someone asked something along the lines. I didn't screenshot it, but they asked something along the lines, like, how do you, how do you not be envious or I think it's like a more of a, a personal like self reflection question of like if you see someone that is your friend and they're doing something great or something that you're like you should be happy for them but you can't because you're jealous or envious. Oh, and that's like I was like oh man, <laughs> that's a hard. That's a big question. Um, I feel like you just have to recognize that their success doesn't mean you can't have success either. Like it's not one of those things where if someone has it, then you can't have it either. Like there's enough success and there's enough happiness to go around for everyone. So if you see your friends doing something good, like try to channel that into um, something that can drive you towards, towards something that will, you know, give you that success and give you that happiness and give you the same feeling that you see them have or that you're envious of them having if that makes sense yeah so it's really just about perspective and like I I get it like I think we've all experienced it to be honest like you feel that like envy or you see someone have something or buy something you're just like oh like I want that but instead of dwelling on it and like being upset with them about it or holding back from saying something nice or supportive because you're upset with yourself say something nice and then channel that energy into something good and make something good for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree with you because I also want to add on that, like, you know, maybe something good's going on for one of your friends at one point, but that doesn't mean that something good isn't going to happen to you. It just isn't your time. And yeah, you always have to kind of have faith in yourself that you will you know, you will get to that point that you want to be at, you know, maybe your destination, maybe your final destination, isn't the same as your friends. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to push yourself in the end. Truth. So the next question is, do you ever feel like your friends don't actually want to see you do good in life? And 51% of these people said yes. And 49% said no. That is such a close vote. And that's still said sad. Yes. Like yeah. I still am sad that majority said yes. Yeah. 
I would hope my friends would want to see me do good in life, you know, do well. I think I'm hoping that the people that voted continuously on these polls are thinking of like the same one friend that hopefully isn't their friend anymore. Yeah. And they're just like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you we know? don't talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the interesting thing is, is when I look at those polls, I could think of one person who is like that, for example. But I have like five that I can say that would have convinced me to vote yes. So when I look at these no votes, I'm thinking like this is like this is someone maybe voting and thinking majority of their friends wouldn't want to see that. Because you would think that if, yeah, I have a friend who like doesn't want me to doesn't want to see me do good. But if you have like five that are like supportive of you, shouldn't their support like kind of overshadow or like be the first thing to pop in your head when you're voting? Mm-hmm. Or are people just so upset with that one friend that like they're the ones who they're thinking about when they're voting? I feel like we always mm-hmm. remember the bad that's over true. the good. Yeah. yeah. So, every, so everyone that's like traumatized or like upset is yeah. voting based off of that. So the next question is, do your family and friends ever give you words of encouragement, but you feel that they could be more supportive? So 87% said yes and 13% said no. And I feel that we always have expectations from people and they always disappoint. So I can understand why so many people would say, yeah, because you always expect more from someone that they can't provide to you. A hundred percent. I think there's this quote that says, um, it was like, what disappointed you? And it was like my own expectations of people. Like, I think we set those expectations and sometimes they're unrealistic. I think you know, having words of encouragement is important, but you don't know or you can't expect people to go above and beyond mm-hmm. trying to support you um, in certain circumstances. Like if that's what's going to cripple you from wanting to do good, then I don't know, that kind of sucks. But your focus should be just like on you and like take those words of encouragement and just keep going and don't let the fact that like they they could be more supportive, but they're not be be the issue. Mm. So the next question said, do you feel that you support your friends as much as you should? And then I also put in parentheses, really think about this one and be honest with yourself about it. Mm. You know, do you I'm really you support that little, friends? the little note at the bottom? Mm-hmm. What were the results? 77% said, yeah, but 23% said no. But you know what? I feel like it kind of ties back to the last question where we have these expectations from people. Right, right. And maybe you think that you met their expectations, but you didn't. Yeah. That's funny because I wonder if people realize that like this, all this kind of ties in together. And at one point it's your friends and then you suddenly become the friend in this question. And it's like, you have to look back and like, oh no, I'm a great friend. Like I'm I'm supportive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the best friend you can have. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I think that I'm a decent friend. How would you have voted? I think I would have voted no, because I feel as though I'm a decent friend. I try to understand my friends, but, you know, there are moments where my friends and I can have a disagreement and, you know, like, like, we'll get through it. But at the end of the day, like, you have to remember that you are not in that person's head, that maybe you perceive something a certain way, but that person might not. And you always have to take their, their emotions into considerations, into consideration and their wants and their needs. So I think I would have voted no. See, I think I would have voted yes, just because I would say I feel like I am supportive 
and I really am. I'm like someone who like for my close friends, like I go wild and like, especially like my younger sister, um, I'm like her second mama. So like whenever she does something, I'm like super, super supportive. But I think that that's my perspective. Like you said, I don't know if they would say the same thing because maybe I think I'm doing enough, but to them it's not, maybe I could do more, you know? Yeah. So I got a lot of questions sent in. So I don't think we're going to have time to go through all of them, but I'll try to tie them together. So awesome. Um, this one was sent in by a guy and he said, have any of you had hate from Muslim Arab men? And if so, how do you deal with it? And how does it affect you? I think they mean towards our, I think they mean towards like us being podcasters. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to start or? Yeah, you can start. Honestly, I haven't. And I think it's probably because the podcasting field is like, I mean, for a while it was kind of like, I don't want to say exclusive, but like not everyone knew what podcasts were. Not a lot of people even cared. And I think it's becoming more of a trend now. And so when I started, it was like the people that listened to my podcast, the male Arabs or Muslims, I'm not sure what he what he had said, but the ones that were listening to it were listening to it because they liked podcasts and they liked the idea of a Muslim woman being on a podcast. So like by default, they were supportive of it. Now where it's kind of, you know, a lot more popular. I've not honestly received any backlash. I think for the most part, I don't really talk about, like, it's not like I I have controversial things on my show or like scandalous things. So I haven't received backlash um, in terms of like what I do or being a Muslim woman from any type of men, at least not to my face anyway, or that I'm aware of. How about you? So I haven't gotten anything bad from, like, Muslim men or Arab men. Um, I've actually gotten some really nice, like, responses from them. A lot of them are like, well, I'm really proud to see, like, a Muslim out, like, trying to make a name in a podcasting industry. And that's very encouraging, you know. Um, To move on from that, somebody asked this question, and I think we addressed it on your episode, but we'll address it on this one as well. It's just worded differently. How can women empower each other without being jealous of one another? Ooh. See, I feel like we touched it a little bit mm-hmm. on the other episode, but we should address it a little bit here. Yeah. So how can women empower each other without being jealous? Mm-hmm. I think I think we as women need to recognize that when my sister, my friend, my sister in Islam succeed, like I succeed. Like, we are all part of this struggle and part of this movement and part of this community and ummah that I think we need to stop being so individualistic and selfish and thinking about me and recognizing the ways in which we all play a part in uplifting each other. And so when I, for myself, and I mean, every woman is guilty of, of having envy and jealousy towards someone but in my eyes the way I try to view it is like if someone else is doing good she's also helping pave a way to help me do good you know maybe I don't have to struggle as much to get to where she went through because she she took off she took on the burden for that so I think it's just about really just self-reflecting and understanding that you know someone else's success doesn't mean that you're automatically a failure you can just equally succeed if not better Mm mm-hmm 
So I got a couple of different types of questions because I had also posted the question again, because a lot of the questions that I got were pretty, pretty much all the same. So like, yeah, like similar okay. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to like keep going on and on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so somebody said, I've come to the realization that my friends are more supportive than some of my family. Mm-hmm. And these are more so statements. So like we can just comment on them. Um, what do you I think? feel like you have a friend like that, that you can confide in and is there for you that much. They are your family. You know, I, I don't think family Beautiful. is just through like a blood relation or yeah, that is just not through like a blood relation. I think that family is whoever is there for you, whoever makes you feel accepted and wanted and puts you first in some instances, you know, mm-hmm. like they they admire your presence. They want to be near you. They want to see you succeed. I feel like that's a family member. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think I think I agree. I definitely think that any person, a friend or a family member that supports you is a blessing and that's someone you need to keep close to. I think, because I I guess I want to say like, it shouldn't matter if they're a family member or a friend, as long as you have someone that supports you, like that's beautiful. And that's like, Mm -hmm. that should, that's what should keep you going. But also I'm thinking just a little bit about myself. Like I've been blessed to have family that supports me, but I feel like if they didn't, how different would it be even if I have friends that supported me? Because sometimes your family is what's most influential in the opportunities and the things that you're allowed to do. So like maybe, you know, your parents have more of a say on certain things that you can do. So like if your dad doesn't want you to be a journalist, then your friend could be your number one supporter. But if your dad is not and he's not a fan of you being a journalist, then you're going to struggle with that. So I, I can see in areas where family support would be important. So there's that struggle of trying to gain it. And you can, you can definitely gain your parents' support. It might take time. But if you're doing something good and with the good intentions and, you know, with with the will of God, then you'll, inshallah, get their um, acceptance and their support. Right. And just a disclaimer, my parents are very supportive of me going into Yeah. Jail. <laughs> I don't like, want anybody to be mad about blood. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody to think that, like, my family's not supportive because my family really did push me to go into journalism so yeah she said that in my podcast earlier when we were talking about it yeah I know I'm, I'm like mixing our conversations now in my yeah head. guys you really have to listen to both podcasts so that like everything makes sense maybe yeah you know the other podcast is also like really in depth and deep so everybody should definitely give it a listen mm-hmm. um so somebody said and this person was honestly really excited that we were doing like a conjoined podcast because they listened to both of us how exciting I know and they were like they like messaged me and they were like, oh my God, I'm so glad you guys like met each other. <laughs> so, uh-huh, cute. so their question was, why should a person have friends? What are they for? Oh, it's like a deep question. I know. <laughs> I was like, somebody listens to a lot of podcasts. I, know. Is... Um, I feel like friends are like your backbone almost. And I don't want to say you don't need friends, but like you don't need a lot of friends. You need somebody who's going to be there to support you and be there for you no matter what. You don't have to have 50 friends. You can literally have like one or two. And Quality over quantity. Exactly. That's that's my take on it. Um, I agree. I think f- why do you need friends? I think friends are good because if you only had family, there's always that biased 
opinion towards things you want to do. There's always going to be that, you know, your sister might not want you to do something or someone in your family doesn't want you to do something because it affects them because your family and everything's intertwined, especially Arabs, right? Like we're super close. Our families are super close. So it's, I think it's nice to have someone who is objective, someone who's like on the outside and that can be supportive and that you can talk to and not feel maybe worried or scared of being judged in the same way that maybe your family members might because they'd be quick to judge you because they're like family and you're close like that, if that makes sense. But friends are important, and I hope everyone has a friend. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't have a friend, I'll be your friend, you guys. I'll be your friend, too. Oh, my God. We're, we can we're really all nice. be friends. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a group chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so somebody else said, I honestly think if a friend doesn't encourage or support, then they aren't true friends. I agree. I yeah, think... That's snapping so much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... If you're not going to encourage somebody or support them and you're going to constantly knock down their dream, why are you even there? Why are you mm-hmm. wasting your energy with such negativity? Like, life is too short to sit there constantly putting somebody else down and telling them that they're not going to make it or whatnot. Like, I've had people tell me, why are you doing journalism? You're not going to, like, make it in the field of journalism. And I feel like I... Yeah. And I, I don't take it as a, well, you, I don't, I never look at my hijab as an obstacle in this field because I, I feel as though my work and I, okay, I know my work. I know how much effort I put into my work. I know which connections I should be trying to get in contact with. I know right from wrong. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I'm not perfect. I still do make a lot of mistakes, but I'm not going into journalism to be in the spotlight. I'm personally going into journalism because I want to be a storyteller. I want to be somebody who sheds light on subjects that aren't being, that aren't being seen, you know, like I, last semester I wrote an article on Yemen and. Oh, can I read it? (laughs) Yeah, I'll send it to you. My school, um, there aren't a lot of Muslims. There aren't a lot of Arabs. Um, So when I wrote the article and like a couple of my classmates read it, they were kind of shocked to like, even know what was going on in Yemen. And I'm I'm not Yemeni, I'm Palestinian, but I still, you know, I sympathize with my brothers and sisters. And even if they, even if this wasn't like a Middle Eastern country or like a, so to say, like a Muslim country, yeah, I still would sympathize because this is a humanitarian crisis. And if somebody can't see that, or I'm like totally straying off from the question right now. <laughs> No, no, keep going. Girl, I'm Yemeni, so I'm feeling all of this. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah. So, like, brought it into my professor. And, she, you know, she gave me a couple of critiques. But at the end, she told me, like, I love what you're doing. I love the message. I love that you're trying to stem into international journalism and international relation. And I think that you're going to go so far. And I can't wait to see where you are in, like, Aww. X amount of years. And that, like, I literally started crying. Because I felt like this person that barely knows me had so much faith in me and really believed I was going to go far versus tying back to the question, some of my closest friends who didn't even want to read the article. And I don't, I just feel like if they're not going to encourage you and they're not going to be there for you, maybe they don't deserve to be in your presence. Mm -mm. I agree. I think when we're asking these questions, like, do you have friends who don't support you? Do you have friends? It's like, at that point, I question, like, why are they your friends? Um, I don't know. For me, like, 
I have like different titles. So like obviously I have my close friends, my best friends, then I have my friends and I have my acquaintances. I think I would put people who don't support me as acquaintances. Like in order to be bumped up to my friend, it's like you have to have some type of support or love for what I do. And I don't mean like, like I have people who don't, who are close to me, who I tell them, like, if you do not listen to my podcast, I really do not care because if it's not your thing, like I'm not going to force you to do it. And I know people that don't like podcasts, but they'll go out of their way to like just share it and post it because they're like, I don't listen to podcasts, but maybe people that I know do. Right. And so, you know, if you're just like whatever, then you're just an acquaintance, you know, Um, I don't feel like everyone deserves to see certain parts of you and like gets gets to experience and join you in like your journey of whatever it is you're going like pick people wisely in your life like everyone like you whoever is listening like you yes me like you're special like don't don't give your time and don't open yourself up to people who aren't deserving of it well you're special too thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so to move on this question is a little different um, I didn't really want to get questions like this because my last Q&A was kind of on this topic, but we'll address it anyway. So somebody said, can you talk about how moms let their sons do whatever they want and they treat daughters so poorly? They didn't word it like that, but I worded it like that to be more appropriate. <laughs> oh, I want to see what it looks like inappropriately. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll send it to you after. Okay, cool. Um... I think that double standard has lived on this earth forever. And unfortunately, in our Arab culture, our Muslim culture, that's still very much a reality where it's it's not so much support. I just think that parents or people recognize that there's less risk with boys than girls. And so therefore, the support would be more abundant for boys and girls because ah, if he fails, ah, if something happens, whatever, it's like the backlash isn't there, right? He doesn't have the responsibility of the reputation of the family or whatever it is um, in terms of like how people are going to perceive you as being successful or not. And so I think that's how it is. And I think it's like, obviously I don't agree with it and I don't like the double standard. I mean, I I live it. Everyone lives it. I think most people live it. So it's it's an unfortunate thing that I hope we get to change. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Um, I mean, I see it firsthand with the men in my family. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm happy, though, that I was raised the way I was because I do see boys and girls where their parents were, like, more lenient with them growing up. And I'm not saying women. I'm saying, like, boys and girls where, like, them now you can tell that like they're upset with some of their decisions that they've made or they have regret yeah like i see people like very upset with decisions that they've made um i've seen people go from extremely not religious to like in the masjid every single day i've seen people who were religious who who were religious who maybe now have children out of wedlock or and that's you know, that's, I'm not even going to get into that because that's, I'm not judging. I'm just saying like, as an example, we're just showing the, the, the differences and stuff. Yeah. We're just showing how people really change over time. And you know, that's their life. That's their decision. But I'm saying like the people who grew up more leniently, they, they, you can tell they have a lot of regret 
with some of the things that they do now and some of the things that they did back then because their parents didn't really have like you don't need a strict parent but you need an understanding parent who is still going to put their foot down when they see you step out of line yeah yeah and i'm i'm saying like alhamdulillah like my parents were always there to like steer me in the right direction and if they saw me doing something that maybe i would regret regret later on in life they steered me away from it the best they could they're not I don't have like extremely strict parents. I have parents that want the best for me is what I'm trying to say. And and I, yeah, I would just add that like those standards or like what their um, rules or lines that they draw should be based off of like the Islamic teachings and not necessarily like the culture. Because I think the issue is like when you draw on the culture and it's the culture that is setting the guidelines and that that's where a lot of the double standards come and a lot of what Muslim women lament from is like, they don't let women do certain things, not because it's haram, like she can do it, but because it's aib. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. Well, that was all of my questions. Is there anything else that you would like to tie in or say? Um, I just want to say that I'm so grateful for everyone that submitted the questions um, for us to have the conversation about. I'm very grateful that I'm able to be on this platform and share this platform with you from one woman to another to help empower each other. I get really, really excited when women who are in my field or not contact me and want to do something together. Um, and I, I think that Muslims need to be more supportive of Muslims. Woman, Muslim women need to be more supportive of Muslim women. And um, I, I know I've said this before, and I'll probably say it a couple more times, but you know, someone else's success does not take away from your own or does not take away from your own opportunity. The idea of like the token Muslim, the token hijabi, it doesn't like we can't perpetuate that idea. And so even though there's like a Noor Tagore journalist, that doesn't mean that Yasmin can't still do it and do it better. You know what I mean? Um, everyone has a space and an opportunity. And so I think we need to stop looking at and focusing so much of our time and energy towards what other people are doing and being envious of that and like channeling that energy into our own work ethic, into our own um, lives. And that's where you're going to see things flourish. You know what I mean? Um, So that would just be the last thing I would say on the topic of woman empowerment for my fellow Muslim Yemeni. I wasn't saying Muslim Yemeniats, Muslim (laughs) women on here. I'm so used to saying Yemeniats. I'm Yemeni, by the way. And that's that's probably why I had that slip up. It's okay. I'm like that too. Palestinian women. I'm always like that too. Um, Yeah. And like tying off of what you said, I'm very supportive also of other women in the media. And I actually have like younger girls, maybe like in high school that actually reach out and like say like, oh, like how can I start a podcast? Or like, what should I look into when it comes to picking an institution to like study at, you know? And, And it's, it's flattering, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to steer you in that direction. You know, it's your life. You shouldn't look at another journalist and say, well, I want to be just like them. And, you know, like there are like really big journalists, you know, like for instance, you mentioned Noor Tagore, right? She's huge. Like mashallah, she's doing, she's thriving, love her work. And I look to, I look up to her in the sense that like, she did it, you know, like she's a Muslim woman in the media, she's doing it. I don't look up to her and say, I want to be just like her. I look up to her and say like, you know, like it would be great to have more Muslim women 
at that high status that she's yeah. at right now in the media. And and that's the way people should look at it. You shouldn't look at it as an envious trial, so to say. You should look at it more so as I'm proud of them and we should get more people like them up there too. Yeah. And I think like anyone who is interested, like let's say in podcasting, which I always say like my inbox is totally open. Like if you want to ask questions, I'm not a professional. Maybe Yasmin is more um, (laughs) journalism, but I can tell you if you have no experience, how you can try and mess up and try again. (laughs) But I think it's great to be inspired by other people, but you have to pay, pave your own way and you have to, you have to be as original as you can be and as innovative as you can be. Um, to stand out because unfortunately the way that the world stands right now is you know sometimes one hijabi is all they have room for in certain areas and so like you can't come up trying to be exactly like that same person and want to get in the same position like be true to true to who do you uh, be true to who you are and people will recognize like the beauty in, in the person that you are and in, in your own unique way and then that, that's what's going to attract people and that's what's going to lead you to where like you need to go mm. Well, Noor, thank you so much for coming on. We thank really you. appreciate your time. Let it's us know amazing. what you guys think. Uh, make sure you share and make sure you also listen to our episode on Noor's podcast at This Muslim Girl Podcast. I'm sorry, yes. I'm like stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, make sure you check it out. I loved our conversation on there. It was all on hijab and we, t- we touched a lot on like hijab in the West and I feel like a lot of people would be interested in hearing that. So, Let us know what you guys think. Um, Comment, you know, share, DM us. Let us know if you'd ever want to hear another joint podcast episode of the future. Yeah, I'm I'm so down. down. I'm so down. I loved it too. Thank you so much for having me. This is She Speaks Diversity with Yasmin Sheikha. You can like us on Facebook at She Speaks Diversity. You can follow us on Instagram at She Speaks Diversity. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course, She Speaks Diversity. Happy Friday, everyone.